Welcome back to the AP World History Podcast. We're going to be taking a look at the uh, Great Depression and the rise of fascism uh, this time around here in our look at Chapter 20 uh, on the global conflicts. Um, now, uh, we're going to start with the Great Depression. That starts in 1929 uh, when the stock market in the U.S. collapses, but we also see that trigger collapses all across the rest of the world, uh, or at least the Western world that's highly developed. Uh, the reason for that being they were all kind of connected economically and it's very similar to what you saw uh, possibly in your lives when you were really young um, but around 2007 2008 with the housing crisis and uh, the the uh, dropping out of the US economy and, and, and other things like that um, very similar not as bad but that's not as bad because of the safety nets get that gets set up because of this uh, great depression that we went through back in the the, the 20s and 30s mainly the 30s um, uh, but here's what uh, what happened in a nutshell with the the crisis. So you had uh, people with more money, and everyone wanted to try to get rich quick. So people bought a lot of things on credit. Um, one of the really bad things they bought on credit were stocks. And it sounds great uh, because the stock market was going up, 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 and it looked like it was never coming down. And so people said, yeah, it'll be fine. Buy it on credit. Well, that's essentially what, what it means to buy on credit is means you're buying it on loan. You don't have the money on you to pay back that loan. Um, then or pay for that loan or that money then so you're getting it from the bank and so as long as stocks are going up you're gonna be fine uh, but as soon as people realize that there was a bubble there and that it was going to collapse uh, and if you want to see a similar thing that to that today uh, you could look at the the Bitcoin uh, and how that just went from really high to not very high from uh, January 2018 to uh, present here which is around uh, uh, beginning of April um, uh, you just see people jumping off that. Well, that leads to the price dropping, and so the stock market prices start dropping. And when that starts happening, people have to sell their stock so that they can pay back their stock before they lose all their money and can't pay it back. And that creates a snowball or an avalanche, and, and really probably an avalanche is a better um, reference for that because it goes down really quick and it's really brutal and bad. Um you just wipe out all of people's savings there that they put in the stock market, hoping that it would just keep going up and rising and they'd get rich off of it. As well, that leads to the banks not being able to get that money back, so they don't have the money, and people are going to go to the bank to try to get money out. And banks don't, uh, if you didn't know this, banks don't hold all your money in there. Uh, actually, they're what they're doing is loaning out your money to other people to make money off it. That's why you get interest for things. And so um, what happens is, uh, they don't have any money, and so some of those banks fail, and uh, then anyone that had money in that bank lost it. It just magically disappeared uh, because, well, that bank didn't exist anymore, so therefore where you're storing your, your money doesn't exist. Um, so uh, people lose everything, and when they can't then buy stuff, that hurts the economy in another way uh, because – uh, businesses were making too much, so there was this uh, oversupply or overstocking of things, and they could sell it to Europe and the U.S. previously, but after the Europe recovered primarily from World War One, they're like, we don't need this stuff, and the colonies didn't need that much stuff anymore, and uh, so uh, what happens is uh, they have to hold on to all of it, and they can't make money off of it, and if they can't make money off it, they can't pay people's wages, and so they just start firing people or laying people off, or the business went up or went under, and uh, so you get to upwards of 30% unemployment or more than 30% unemployment in the U.S., in Germany, and Germany is probably the worst place where this is happening because uh, 
what you had happen there is you have the whole economy collapse, but also after World War One, the Germans had to pay this huge uh, reparations payment to uh, the Allies uh, for what had happened in the war uh, and being blamed for the war. And um, they don't have the money to pay that, and so they just print off trillions and trillions of dollars to do that. Well, that leads to something called inflation or hyperinflation really is what happened uh, there. And so that makes the money absolutely worthless. I mean, you have people, you have kids building with, with $1,000 bills in, in, in blocks. They made their building blocks out of it or people wallpapered the house with it because it, didn't, it wasn't worth anything. It was cheaper than wallpaper. Um, and so that's really problematic. And so uh, just all, all the economy collapses. The world the economy kind of grinds to a halt. The one place that's really an exception to this is going to be Russia because they're communists, and so they're not tied into this global economy like it is. Um, and um, it'll get to a rise in people wanting to have more socialist types of governments, which is why you're going to see reforms in things like setting a bare minimum wage, setting things like Social Security, getting things like universal health care or some type of health care provided by the government. Um uh, you're getting people supporting unions more. Um, you, you're seeing subsidies for farmers to protect them when crops go bad and stuff like that. These are all things we still have today, but without this Great Depression, and, and these primarily came from the New Deal in the U.S., but they're all over Europe. Um, they, uh, they're they there to try to fix the situation. Um, but you have a lot more people saying, hey, communism is the way to go. Look, the, the Soviet Union doesn't have that. Well, the Soviet Union did have issues. Uh, you had um, starving millions in in Ukraine uh, in in a uh, issue known and I and I can never really say it right. It's Holodomor. Uh, I think that's how you say it. But what it was was starving of the Ukrainians in there uh, by the Soviets uh, to wipe them out and replace them with Russians. Um, they weren't great, but because they were a command economy based on what the Russian government said you're going to do, that's what you're going to make. Uh, they didn't suffer it as much, but they're never going to reach the highs that uh, the capitalists will either. Uh, when we look at the really uh, great things that happen in capitalism when the economies recovered, especially after World War, the, the booms after World War II. Um, so uh, the one thing we don't see, though, is although it becomes more popular and more people like it, it doesn't take place in either of those. The New Deal stops that from happening, really stops any major socialism from happening in the U.S. And uh, other socialist programs more in-depth or... or or stronger socialist programs prevent it in, in the rest of Europe. So this idea that these communist revolutions were going to happen, uh, that Marx was saying were definitely going to happen, these industrializations never happen because the uh, government uh, fixes it, steps up and, and stops the problems from happening, which he didn't think would happen. Um, now, uh, one other thing to bring up, uh, New Deal is sometimes credited as saving the U.S. and bringing out the economy. Uh, really, uh, what brings out the world economy, and, and the New Deal wasn't for the whole world, it was for the U.S., but the whole world economy uh, is World War II. Um, the thing that fixes Germany's uh, failing economy is a dude named Adolf Hitler that comes in and decides the government's going to spend a lot of money on rebuilding its military and creating an industrial military complex. Um where industry is all focused around the military. So um, <coughs> we're going to get to that because that comes around with the fascism here. Uh, but that's also why fascism rises up in Italy, in uh, Germany, and why militarism will partially take place in Japan. Or not, it doesn't partially take place, but partially why that takes place in Japan. So um, 
let's dive into Italy and Germany real quick. So they're both fascist, uh, and and um, Germany will go farther than when we'll have the Nazis, which are, are beyond just normal fascism. And, and what fascism is is it's a nationalist, um, it's a nationalist idea where your country is the greatest, and um, you're going to have more of a totalitarian regime take over to make sure it stays the greatest. Uh, they're going to support the military a lot to help pe- keep them in power and also show how powerful they are. Um, they're going to go in against, or they're going to go against anyone that that doesn't go with their ideas um, and tries to say or speak out against them. And they're going to fight for a strict set of values, primarily those traditional values that are going on. So um, usually we're going to see things like anti-communist uh, or anti-socialist, even though the Nazis are the National Socialist Party or whatever. Um, I shouldn't say whatever there, but uh, they're, they're deemed the Socialist Party. They're not socialists in any sense of them, that, that term. Um, <coughs> uh, we're going to see them fight against uh, women's rights uh, and the feminine nature and things like that, uh, liberalism, um, individualism. Uh, so we're going to see them go against all those. And um, so Italy is the, the first major place uh, that we're going to see this happen, and that's where you're going to have Benito Mussolini uh, stepping in. Uh, he's going to rise to power and um, uh, really push and, and support uh, state business or, or businesses with veterans. Um, and um, he, he's going to get the government to control the media, so it's only his message that gets out there. And he pushes women staying at home and kind of the, the basic things we'd say, see. And he also pushes for new imperialism for them to go conquer Ethiopia because they failed before. And he actually wins this time. Uh, fun story with that is he kind of uh, the military used broken glass on the battlefields because they wore nice rubberized boots while the Ethiopians uh, didn't. Uh, they, so their feet got torn up on the battlefields. And they still even put up a really good fight against them. Um, uh but uh, you have that. In Spain, uh, we're going to see totalitarianism take over as well, or fascism take over um, with, the, with the dictatorship there um, after a civil war uh, from 36 to 39. Uh, and that'll last until the 70s. It's going to be one of the last fascist places um, um, in Europe uh, with that kind of regime. And then um, the last uh, big area we need to talk about is, is the Nazis with this fascism. So um, <coughs> they go along the same lines as, uh, the other fascists, they just take it, uh, even stronger. So, uh, they really hate commies, uh, although Hitler does work with, uh, Stalin on one occasion. Um, they're anti-Semitic. They really hate Jews, blame Jews for everything. Uh, and this was not a new thing. This is something that stems all the way back to Martin Luther. Uh, you have anti-Semitism being a major thing in Germany and it actually goes before Martin Luther. We can go back to, uh, the Crusades and see the uh, the attacking of ghettos and stuff like that um, to steal from the Jews instead of going all the way to Jerusalem to make your money you could go and beat up on them um, and uh, so yeah Hitler's main goal and how he gets into power is he says I'm going to solve this issue of the depression that we got going on that began in all the way 1923 so it's it's six years before the Great Depression uh, in the U.S. Um, and, uh, he will become the head of, he'll join the Nazi party. He'll try to invoke a rebellion. Uh, that doesn't work. So he gets thrown in jail. He writes a book called Mein Kampf, which explains everything that he's going to do. No one reads it. And so then he legally takes the steps necessary to gain power. So he'll get elected, uh, party member, 
uh, and then he'll become Chancellor of Germany in 33, and then with that he'll become uh, the Fuhrer. And um, uh, we'll see him then from being the Fuhrer pushes legislation of uh, anti-Jew or um, uh, anti-Semitic, and uh, we'll see him restrict uh, where Jews could live. Uh, you'll have the Nuremberg Laws that say they got to wear the Star of David on them. Uh, they're not citizens. They're not allowed to marry outside of their uh, ethnic group. And that'll lead to then Crystal Knock happening or the Night of Broken Glass where the Germans go around and, and bust uh, Jewish businesses and steal from them and, and do all that stuff. Eventually, they'll get put in the ghettos. And eventually, during World War II, we'll see uh, the mass genocide or the Holocaust happening against them and several other groups, one of those being gypsies. Uh, but he tries to take out anyone that, that wouldn't be liked. And really, the whole goal is um, to make the Aryan race the best race, and that's a blonde hair, blue-eyed um, race. And so uh, he wants to see that happen, um, but he never gets to see it uh, happen because he fails miserably at his war, thankfully. Um, then... Outside of all this, we see uh, Japan rise up with their uh, focus on militarism and authoritarianism. And um, this stems from uh, them feeling kind of uh, miffed about what happened in World War One, and that they helped fight with the Allies, but they didn't really get much out of it. Uh, sure, they got a couple of small colonies, but they really didn't get anything good. And so uh, they uh, push for... Um, they keep improving their military. They keep building it up, go beyond what... Uh, the uh, what the world uh, allows them to do, and um, you get the government being dominated by two groups: the navy and the army. And so, um, they're going to both advocate for, hey, we need to do more to make uh, Japan better and get in resources for Japan. And um, this really, really. Uh, gets um uh this need for resources and things like that uh gets accentuated by the depression that happens uh between 23 or 29 and 31 uh it hits people hard uh exports fall for them by 50 percent, so that just cripples the economy and uh they see uh with not having enough money that's going to be harder to import things too and they have to import a lot they're a small island uh, off the coast of china so um, you need uh, imports to be able to do that. And if trade's down, then you can't do it. So what's the one way that you could secure more resources? Well, you need to go and colonize, but there isn't really anywhere to colonize right now because it's all been taken up by the Europeans. So that's going to lead them into uh, fighting uh, in World War II. Uh, but uh, that leads to the, the Navy and the Army pushing off each other. So you see uh, the Army push into, well, let's go take over more and more and more of China. Uh, this is where we get the incident of the rape of Nanjing and, and stuff like that uh, going on. Um, and they hope to push all the way up into Russia and take some of the Russians' oil reserves. <coughs> but they weren't successful there, which then leads them to go and rely on their navy to go and take different uh, colonies from Americans, British, French, uh, all the other European powers in the region. And uh, that'll set off kind of World War II in the Pacific. Uh, whereas World War One in or World War Two in uh, Europe uh, will be set off with Hitler trying to retake lost lands, uh, those being the Sudetenland and Czechoslovakia, Austria-Hungary, bringing them into his empire, and eventually Poland would be the one that would set that off. So um, we see uh, these kinds of things uh, happening, and um, 
that's going to lead to uh, these are going to be some of the underlying issues that will lead to World War II happening.